Welcome back to Association Data Points, where we talk data, associations, and the people behind the numbers. I'm Aaron Peters, here with my co-host, Brian Seabacher. Hello, Aaron. Hi, Brian. It's been a while since we've been in the studio. Too long. Way too long. So happy to be back. Particularly excited. Joining us today, we have Michelle Mason, President and CEO of the American Society of Association Executives. Welcome, Michelle. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to have this conversation with you. And if you're in the association space, you you know who Michelle is. Of course. You know ASAE. But I'm I'm going to say some great stuff about Michelle anyway here. Michelle is known for her leadership in building teams, growing membership and engagement, incubating unique innovations, delivering revenue, results, and advancing the community through the creation of a welcoming environment of diversity, equity, and inclusion. In 2020, Michelle was selected as the Professional Society CEO of the Year by CEO Update. And boy, we wish this podcast could be about four hours long, but we're gonna we're gonna keep it to our, our typical time frame here and dive right in. This is, uh, I, I guess, in some ways, this is basically the pinnacle of this field. And uh, you know, congratulations for your success to this point. Tell us uh, a little bit about this journey. Well, thank you both again. It's great to be here with you today to have this conversation. And, you know, like many association professionals, my journey was more, I kind of stumbled into associations, right? And what we really want to do here at ASAE is we want to work to change that narrative. We want association management to be an intentional career choice because the reality is that is, for many of us, it's not a job. It's a passion because of all that we represent. So for me, that was my, that's my story. Um, that's how I entered into the profession. My first position um, in associations was as a temporary assistant at the Chemical Manufacturers Association, now known as the American Chemistry Council. That's how I became exposed to associations. And I've had a very much service leadership mentality. And then when I learned that, wow, I can definitely work towards working in an organization that's mission-based, but also as a business, I became very fascinated with just the very diverse sector, uh, the community of people it serves, um, the cause orientation, and the fact that associations improve our quality of life. So that really spoke to my heart and spoke to who I am. And so I became very excited and made it more than a job, made it a career. And so very grateful that I've had the opportunity over my career to work for small, medium, and large associations spanning from state, national, to global associations. So for this profession, there's so much variety. It really speaks again to the servant leadership. And so for me here at ASAE, I think just all of the experience I've been able to gain over the years have caused me to be the uh, right leader at the right time uh, during this critical moment uh, for the profession, a time of rapid change and disruption, and also a time of you know transformation for ASAE. So I'm just really excited uh, to be here to partner with members and the staff team. 
That's a really interesting, you know, to hear you say that you you kind of stumbled into the association field. We have heard that from multiple people with whom we've spoken, um, and, and fascinating to hear about their professional life before they came into working for associations. And I, you know, I think related maybe to to one of the things that that you're talking about here, this critical moment that we're in, um, looking for people to be more proactive about wanting to work in associations and seeking out that work. Can you tell us a little bit more about this, this critical moment, disruption, opportunity, all of those great things? Great, yeah, it is a critical moment. We, you know, pandemic was very impactful uh, on the sector. And I, I believe it also presented a lot of opportunities. As disruptive as the pandemic was, it created an opportunity for associations to fundamentally understand that we are businesses, right? We, in, as well as serving a greater, higher purpose. And so for us at ASAE, it was important that, you know, as we look at our mission um, of the organization to help our community of association leaders solve real-time challenges, fulfilling their missions and impacting society, it was important for us to step back, create a strategic framework by which we are now able to use as a guidepost to support our members, support ASAE through uh, the level of, of change that we're experiencing. We know that this sector is a very resilient sector. We know that we have the absolute best people employed in this sector. And so our role at ASAE is to make sure we provide the tools and the resources um, to empower our members, but also to deliver um, the resources for them to be very effective and successful in their own organizations. So our strategic framework, our guideposts, really centers around four pillars. Uh, the first pillar is creating uh, member value. The second, fostering workforce development. The third pillar, elevating associations. And then the fourth is enhancing our culture and infrastructure. Infrastructure. These priorities are, are those that our members have helped us to understand are important to them. Um, we know that member value has evolved over the years. We know that we have a responsibility to build or the, a talent pipeline for the future, help our members upskill, reskill their teams. And we also know the power of associations could not be more important now than ever before. And then for us, the more operational pillar, culture and infrastructure is something that our, that's top of mind for our members. Um, but it's also critical to us at ASAE to call out because we know by uh, 2006, we'll look very different as an organization. And we're calling this strategic framework Destination 2026. It's not a, a, a finite point or period of time in terms of 26. This is a journey that will evolve and will evolve with our members. But we also see that culture and infrastructure, as I mentioned before, is important because our teams will look different. We're now in hybrid work environments. Uh, the, uh, what our team members are asking from us, very different. So for example, at ASAE, one element of our culture, we really focus on mental wellness. A few years ago, we probably would not be having that conversation as transparently as we are now. In infrastructure, we would truly embrace the hybrid model. Um, so we want to keep that front and center in terms of strategically where we're going as an organization. And I know that many of our members are doing the same as well as reprioritizing, looking at their strategy, building agile strategies 
fluid strategies to adapt to the changes in the marketplace. That's a big plate. That's a, a lot to work on, but uh, we we definitely saw that in action at uh, the annual conference. Uh, like a lot of buzz. Very, you know, it's it's definitely a a transforming environment and you know an industry that's undergoing a lot of change but a lot of a lot of positive things too i thought uh, aaron and i we were this was our first time attending the you know asae as an exhibitor so this was uh, very exciting for us we had a lot of great conversations at the booth and uh, tell us a, a little more about uh, coming out of uh, atlanta uh, what are some of the success stories here and some of the continuing themes that people are talking about you know, it, Atlanta was a really good meeting for us. You know, uh, Nashville 2022 was our first in-person meeting in two years. And there was a lot of bus there. But, you know, I tell the team, you know, we had to get our muscle memory back because when you're not meeting in person and then you have your first meeting, you're just kind of trying to figure it all out. And uh, the team did an extraordinary, extraordinary job. So Nashville was a great meeting for us. Uh, Atlanta was even better. You know, we just want to continue to build on the momentum. What we fundamentally learned is that meetings are back. Our members are excited to be with each other. We have a responsibility to create meaningful experiences that are memorable. Uh, the connections, the relationships that are being built um, and in response to just convening our members is, is critical and very important. We know that diversity, um, equity, and inclusion are still important to our members, conscious inclusion. So, and when I say that conscious inclusion is our, our strategy around DEI, because we're now very intentional in our planning and and, and while we recognize we can't be all things to all people, we'll have, we have a responsive a sense of responsibility when we convene community to make sure we are, are very focused on the diverse needs of our members. And so for us uh, on the staff team, we really are excited to create those type of, of experiences. You know, and of course, everyone's worried about the economy and uh, worried about what is that next wave of change. Our focus is to make sure we curate content um, and also introduce subject matter experts to help our members navigate um, the uncertainties of the future. You know, Michelle, as um, an attendee, like we said, we are exhibitors at the conference in Atlanta. I, I have to say, as a neurodivergent person, having the uh, room where you could sort of take a sensory break, that was really important. And also the uh, stage where there were sort of shorter sessions happening. This year, um, so I, I attended in 2022 as a non-exhibitor. So this year they used um, like a, a sound system where you could check out, uh, it was almost like a mic pack, but you were, you know, with headphones. So you could hear very clearly the person who was presenting, even with all of the noise that happens in an expo hall. And that was such a game changer for me that I really felt involved um, in those sessions and I, and I could hear what was going on. I, I thought that, and now I'm spoiled by that and kind of expect that at every show I go to. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll start to see that more, but just a, a note of uh, appreciation and that, that those, um, that responsibility or that, that call you have to that did not go unnoticed. 
Well, I appreciate that, Erin, because we really, you know, we are putting a fine, we're like doubling down on accessibility. And mm -hmm. what we did, in addition to what you shared, we had um, Daisy or Sunflower lanyards uh, at the meeting for those with hidden disabilities disabilities, right? And it was something new to us, but we recognized that not all vis uh, disabilities are visual. You, you, some are, um, some are, are hidden. And so, you know, we have members on a broad spectrum. And so our focus is to make sure, again, being very conscious about our level of inclusion and creating meaningful experiences. We create a place where all feel welcomed and can be successful in having um, been a part of our annual meeting experience. Mm -hmm. nice. That's wonderful. And even a, an opportunity to get that conversation going with people exactly. I, in an exactly. organic way is incredible. Yes, exactly. And we have those land years that, um, that are our signature events and we'll continue to your point, have a conversation, elevate the conversation and, and be able to have a place, a safe place for all to learn um, in, in whatever way makes uh, them feel you know, successful. Well, speaking of success and the annual, another really cool thing that we got to see in you know, firsthand was all of the newly minted CAEs and mm -hmm. seeing them up on stage and like, you know, that kind of engagement and, you know, really, I think at this moment of like a real professional achievement, uh, Tell us more about this program and where do you, where, where does this go as the, you know, as the industry and ASAE changes? Uh, how, how are, you know, what are some of the things you're doing with the, uh, the program to continue to make that a relevant achievement? Yeah, well, CAE program uh, stands for the Certified Association Executive, and it's our premier credential or marker that you have the core competencies and body of knowledge needed to, to manage an association in today's increasingly complex world. So we can see that designation becoming more prevalent in terms of, of hires uh, because the body of knowledge continues to evolve. We have an amazing CAE commission that uh, frequently looks at the body of knowledge. It may sure it's relevant for our members to be successful in, in, in managing the complexities of, a, of associations today. You know, the, the program also improves the attractiveness of a candidate for a job and also in addition to that job performance. About 10% of our members are CAEs, a little more than that. And uh, so we are in the process of working on a growth uh, plan to make this uh, credential more uh, readily or widely available. Uh, so I would expect for our members and non-members who are interested in becoming a CAE to see more product diversification in terms of uh, not only uh, applying for the CAE, making that easier, but in terms of the study tools and the study guides, et cetera. We want, again, to align this with this whole concept of being an association professional is a career choice. We want to reverse that narrative of stumbling into the profession, and we see that being a, a great vehicle to accomplish that. I have, uh, I have colleagues who have uh, were relatively recent CAEs, and uh, it, it was a big lift. Uh, he, is, he studied... Yeah very long and hard for that and learned, you know, kind of filled in, this, this was a 20 plus year association professional who had, you know, like learned new things from this program. It looked, it looks great. 
Yeah, yeah, and for us, I mean, to be to study for the CAE program, you need five years in the profession. Um, so uh, we encourage everyone to, when you hit that five-year mark, if you're not a CAE, we certainly want to support you in achieving that designation. And it, it makes me think about the importance of mentorship also. I know we've had that, that discussion with um, people in the association space, specifically in terms of being sort of guided toward a CAE opportunity. Do you find that that happens within mentorship opportunities? Or I'm curious what the messaging surrounding that is. Well, it certainly does, Erin. I mean, my mentor, I've been a CAE, I think, since 2004, and my mentor encouraged me to become a CAE because, again, I wanted to reverse this whole narrative of a job and associations to this is my profession, this is my career, and to accomplish that, sitting for the CAE program changed my whole perspective uh, on who I could become in terms of uh, my Per, by elevation in the, the association community. So it does start with mentoring. It starts with someone introducing you to the program if you've not, uh, was not exposed to it through our communications marketing and through uh, direct through ASAE. It also involves creating a community around you to help you be successful. Like you said, you're a 20 year exec who study hard for the program, but having a community of peers on that journey with you is very important because you know when you're studying together in a study group you establish bonds and relationships that are just lifelong uh, professionally and that's really you know what we're about we're about bringing people together or about convening whether it's around content or in a meeting um, mentoring is, is is definitely leads to it, it's all aligned i would say Mm-hmm. And so this, you know, you're mentioning bringing people together and communing all of that, that those wonderful things that associations um, help us to achieve. What do you see as today's challenges facing the association space? Well, I don't know we have time to talk about that, <laughs> but I will say there are so many challenges yet opportunities, I would say, for associations right now. Mm-hmm. It's a very transformational time for the community. Uh, the ASAE Research Foundation has continually updated research, uh, has an initiative called Foresight Research, where we continue to update um, trends impacting associations. And we have for so long uh, accumulated um, a, a chest of, of drivers of change. I believe we have about 50 of them. And you know, while some are impacting organizations, uh, in they're inter- impacting organizations in different ways, and they're all converging, and not all, but many are converging in, in, in aligning, which helps us to uh, provide resources and tools to help our members, again, navigate the complexities. So these drivers of change, um, I think are very impactful right now for our community. And it's important that through our foresight work, that our members take a look at these change drivers and try to understand or assess how they're likely to impact their members. So some trends that we're seeing, you know, just changing uh, information channels, you know, there's a variety of platforms members are using uh, now in terms of, so how do we communicate our message? How do we be maintain a level of relevancy? We know the attention spans are shorter 
and the change, the driver of change behind that, for example, is like TikTok, right? And this, so our members are are consuming information in a very in a very short or very condensed way, and so that causes us as associations to just look at our information dissemination channels differently. And then in some cases, the way we hire, we need to hire in for that experience. So whereas in the past we would probably not put such a strong emphasis on digital. We are now. In the past, we probably would not have put a, such a strong emphasis on learning about artificial intelligence. If you have that experience now, we are really excited about that. So it's just really causing us to look at our, our hiring hiring practices in a, in a different way. Uh, another change, again, we're talking about hiring, workforce and workplace changes. We're in a hybrid environment. It's important that we're able to adjust our business strategies to support that. I shared with you earlier about mental wellness as a part of our culture, as a part of the conversation we're having a, um, as an organization. And so, but in addition to that, you know, building that pipeline for the future and understanding what the next generation needs will be. Some say that Gen Z are you know, they want to work remote, but then I'm hearing direct from Gen Z that they like being in the office. So we're just trying to adapt to the, these different realities that we are experiencing. Another uh, driver of change, as I mentioned, is technology, the technology needs and helping, helping our team understand technology is an efficiency tool. Technology is a tool to help facilitate your work. Uh, for example, AI is a tool to support your work. So kind of shifting our thinking from, well, this is going to really impact me, my job, to how do I use this as a complement, which is a culture shift. And I mentioned to you that pillar four in our Destination 2026 strategic framework focuses on culture. So we're having those conversations um, internally. And um, in that, in what we're learning too, because of uh, the complexities of our, of how we are connecting, we're realizing that one system doesn't fit everything these days. And how do we create an infrastructure that supports that? Um, in the last, I mean, there's just 50 change, change drivers of change. So I'm not going to share all of them with you. Oh, keep going. One <laughs> that continues is, you know, the economy and um, mm -hmm. what is in, and how that's evolving. But uh, those are just some examples that I can share direct with you. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I love calling it the, you know, I kind of ask challenges and rather than that, that perspective shift of drivers of change. And what I'm hearing, again, is that commitment to, meeting people where they are. And yep. so just, we never lose that, that thread of this is people focused mm -hmm. within all of this great strategic framework that's, that's happening. Yeah, definitely meeting people where they are and knowing that like the community of members is changing and you need to change with it. Mm -hmm. You know, and in meeting people where they are as an organization, we make data-driven decisions. That's very key and core to our strategy and the, the implementation of new programs and services. But we also are focused on paying attention to our members' behaviors because there's so many drivers of change. There's so much impact in the association. Sometimes we lose sight of the behavior, the actions that our members are taking. And so for us, we built a business until we're building a business intelligence center to incorporate both. Uh, both processes. That one's right up our alley here. So yeah, the, 
I think the, the idea that associations should be involved with their members' businesses a little more intimately, I think, you know, it, it feels like this is kind of, you know, a recognition of this fact. And who, who better to really understand what's going on, you know, at a higher level context than an association who talks to everybody? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Seems like you've, you know, with your research and uh, with the products you're putting together, you're, you're kind of coming up with new ways to define and measure success. And do you, where do you see this uh, work headed? Yeah, so for when we think about measuring success, we are always looking at our KPIs, right? And what we, because we are, entering as an organization into a more entrepreneurial mindset to better serve our members is important that we take risk it's important that we experiment but if we fail however you define that because failures you can learn from it will be fast but we're not afraid as an organization to take the risk on behalf of our members and constantly measuring the success factors that our members tell us based on our members feedback are important and for in terms of where we're headed we're headed to be um to as you mentioned aaron we want to meet our members where they are we want our members to understand that voice of the member is important this is your asae this is your association and we're committed through our actions our behaviors to demonstrate on that that's our commitment to action that's wonderful well like we said, we just, we heard all the way through everything you said. And, you know, we're also hearing that this is just the tip of the iceberg. So definitely um, to our listeners, get involved, check out ASAE. Most of you are probably members already, but, uh, you know, always keep going to that website and look at the great resources, member benefits, uh, webinars, just fantastic events. And while we're talking about fantastic events, we, we, it would be such a miss to not mention that TLC was live and in person at, at the event in, um, at the, the annual meeting in Atlanta this past August. So my, you know, 1990s high school self was just absolutely yeah. overwhelmed I'm, in I'm the pre- best way. I'm pretty sure there were no scrubs on the floor at uh, mm-hmm. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I, I do think that's true. <laughs> I got to tell you, that was a nice opening. And we're so grateful to our partners, uh, Atlanta CBB. They knocked it out of the ballpark. And so, you know, we'll be in Cleveland next year. So... Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's going to yes, be a, a really exciting event there. That's as well. going to be a tough one to top. And, it will uh, be a tough one to top. But our uh, partners in Cleveland, they're uh, they're ready for it. So we hope that uh, we see everyone August tenth through thirteenth in Cleveland. It's going to be a great event. So and they're ready for it. But uh, we're we're certainly pleased with how Atlanta set the stage this year. That was off the hook. I, I got to tell a lot of people back home about like, well, you know, I've never been to a conference with TLC playing mm-hmm. in an NFL stadium. TLC, Mercedes-Benz, you know, stadium. I mean, it was it was quite the experience. The it really goes back to creating meaningful experiences. You will always remember that moment in time. Yes. Yes. And with the connections, too. So, again, like yeah. we said, first, first time being um, exhibitors at this. And so what better opener? to go up to somebody you don't know and just say, 
like TLC, can you believe it? And, you know, see what that, that just, a, just an immediate connection, um, with that person. And, and if the conversation continues great, but you know, if not, you're just, you're building this, this great network with fantastic yes. people. Yes. And that's our, that's our mission. That's our core. We are in the people business. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, so much for joining us today, Michelle. Again, we've been talking with Michelle Mason, president and CEO of ASAE, the American Society of Association Executives. And we will welcome you back to the studio anytime, Michelle. Well, well, thank you so much for this opportunity. And we appreciate all you do for our community. And I'm happy to come back anytime. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Association Data Points is brought to you by Hargrove and Associates. Since 1985, we've helped associations serve their most critical member data needs by collecting, producing, and delivering exclusive market information. You can visit us online at hargrovedata.com.